Hello! And welcome to the podcast we have called called We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together Like Ever podcast. Episode 16. I'm Caitlin Minton. <laughs> and I'm Kurt Fletcher. Good times. Hey guys. It's I'm Kurt Fletcher. We didn't mean to throw you off. And I'm Caitlin Minton. That's Caitlin Minton. This is episode 16. Uh, we haven't recorded in a while. I've been on the road traveling and telling jokes and whatnot. Um, and I I didn't record any while I was on the road. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's noticeable. Yeah. I was on the road too in that time uh, You were, in yeah. That time frame you sure well. were. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh-huh. We, yeah. uh, we hang out in Denver a little bit. We hung out one day for one meal. Yeah, that was a little bit. Isn't that funny? Isn't it awesome? That, okay, so Kurt Fletcher and I, we were in Denver the same week. Um, we were not on any shows together. Oh, yeah. We were booked to do comedy the same exact week, different shows. Like, really good shows, too. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. That just shows how awesome the Denver comedy scene is. And so we had to, like, schedule in a lunch because both of us oh, yeah. were just so busy because you went to a show on sunday night didn't you because I was, <sighs> I was performing in boulder that night and you went to i went to denver bicycle cafe and ate shit at the open night yeah <laughs> yeah that's all it was <laughs> still it's pretty exciting um yeah that night i got heckled by a comic good yeah i, I uh I learned some things that night um, when I went to that open mic. Like, I, I had that feeling again of when you don't know anyone and you go to an open mic, how terrifying it is. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you just feel so rejected. And, it, and you realize how clicky comedy scenes are. And you realize that... <laughs> There's just a lot of people laughing at their friends. And mm-hmm. it's not a true determinant determinant yeah. For talent. Yeah, like you yeah. Like if you go somewhere else you're like, Well, this got laughs on Sunday. Yes. And then you go somewhere else and they're not laughing. Okay. So this was the show I did directly after I did my very first feature spot <laughs> that I nailed. Mm-hmm. All right, you know, I did a, I did well. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, I killed that room, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in comparison, and I ate shit for five minutes, and uh, they put me on towards the beginning, I felt so bad because um, the the guy that ran the open mic, he's like, he figured I was just a new comic, I think. Uh-huh. So he was like, um, I'm going to give you like three minutes, and is it okay if you go first? And I kind of, I was kind of a bitch about, I wasn't like, do you know who I am? Mm-hmm. But I was just like, oh, listen, I'm just in town and uh, I just worked with Hippie Man. Like, I just totally dropped that name. Fuck yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. And so then he puts my buddy James Pate first. Oh, I'm yeah. like, god damn it. <laughs> like, I just, I, I could have gone first. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a big deal. And I didn't want James to have to go first. But I guess you have to, like, look out for yourself in this business. Yeah, so. Absolutely. And he did fine. Like, you know, he can handle going first, but it's just like, man, why did it have to be him? Because <laughs> he's like 
one of the only other people I knew at that open mic. Have you found it's more difficult to do shorter sets after doing so many long sets? <laughs> yes. And I actually had this moment when, I think I already told you about this, but when I was starting the long set, I was worried I wouldn't fill the time. Yeah. I mean, that's always a fear. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I first started featuring, I always... And you know, it was intimidating too. because I didn't, the only person I kind of knew was Hippie Man in the uh-huh. whole room. Yeah. And, you know... I kind of would have liked you to have been there because you would have just been like, you're going to be fine the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't want to be like, I wanted to appear confident. So mm-hmm. in my head, like all of this was going on, like, fuck, 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 fuck. I yeah. don't know what I'm doing. Oh, if you fake confidence, people don't know that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, st- I did about five minutes up there and I just had this moment where I want to describe it as melting, where I'm just like, okay. And I settled in and I was like, I'm going to be up here for a while. Oh, yeah. So I'm just going to have fun, and That's I'm going to talk slower, I'm going to fuck with the crowd, and you know what? I didn't even get through my whole set list. Nice. That's what happened. That's great. And it went really well, mm-hmm. and, you know, Hippie Man had nice things to say to me, cool. which, I don't know, I don't think he's the type of person that would tell you something unless he meant it. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I should just, can I tell a story about, like, some funny stuff that happened with me oh, yeah, of on course. that trip? Well, we really hit it off, and we ended up talking a lot. So, a total of, like, 12 hours in the car. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we he's were, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Oh, like, man. And, you know, we talked about everything. And it's just so nice to meet other comics because you're just like, okay, this is another person in the world that gets me. Like, you just don't feel so alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we... <laughs> after the... Okay, so during the show... So, I do divorce material. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my divorce, and I'm not doing it to, like, hurt people, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to deal with it the way I'm going to deal with it. I don't know how healthy that is, but it works, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it triggered this woman in the audience because her friends had brought her out because she'd recently filed for divorce, and she was trying to get her mind off of it. <laughs> and I, you know, I even busted out some of my other divorce material that you may not have even heard. But we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> so <laughs> That's fine. I've got a whole 45 on you. That's perfect. You know what? Monetize heartbreak. That's what I say. Anyway, so it, this didn't happen during my set, but she started like crying. And she was talking, but it wasn't disrupting the show. Like, I can handle a table talking. It's annoying, but, you know. Mm-hmm. But during Hippie Man's set, they just started yelling shit and being belligerent. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. She ended up going to the bathroom, and then they told her she was going to have to leave. And they ended up just kind of kicking her out outside for a while because everyone knew each other in the town, and it was kind of, mm-hmm. they're not going to just 86 or, you yeah, know what I mean? absolutely. It was like, oh, she just got a divorce. We're going to handle this delicately, you know, kind of thing. And I hated it, though, because I felt so much empathy for her. But I was just like oh my god, I'm so glad I'm not her anymore. Like, she's just losing her shit at the bar. And uh-huh. I've been there. I've done that. And it's embarrassing. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so glad that, like, I'm smiling tonight, and I'm talking about my divorce on a stage, and I'm laughing, and I'm happy. Like, that's lucky. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I was kind of like, yeah, bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but Hippie Man was really upset about it, because... And I told him, I'm like, she just got a divorce. He's like, I don't care. He's like, you don't do that. And he's like, and it was so cool because I love when people quote me, kind of. Because earlier in the day, I had talked about how when people heckle me, I punch down too hard. 
And then he had thought about that, and he thought about that while he was on stage. And he's like, I'm glad that you said that earlier. I was like, oh, my God. Like, you took <laughs> advice from me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. That's cool. Like, I wasn't like, oh, my God, you're taking advice from me. But in my head, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was awesome. And then, so, the reason I said all of that was... Um, he was like, I need a drink. And so we ordered or we bought a six pack in the package liquor and we went back to the, <laughs> the hotel. I've told you this, but I want to tell our listeners a story because mm-hmm. it's really funny. We get back to the house and this house is like gorgeous and it's yeah. their guest house, which uh-huh. their guest house is nicer than any house I've ever lived in in my entire <laughs> life, <laughs> which is embarrassing. That's yeah. Not, whatever. I'm humble. But um, we, we go in there, and we look for a bottle opener, and we can't find one. He's like, do you know how to open it with a lighter? <clears throat> and I was like, no, I'm not that cool. And so he's like, neither am I, but I'm going to try it. Like, he's really confident. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he goes to try it, and he cuts up most of his knuckles. Uh-huh. Pretty, pretty bad. Like See, he's... I envisioned myself doing that same thing if I tried <laughs> opening a bottle yeah. with a lighter. <laughs> Because I don't know how to handle a lighter, first of all. Right. Because I, I don't smoke, so. I know. And he had it because he <laughs> smokes weed, even though he didn't on the whole trip. Um, but it was funny. When we got into South Dakota, he was saying how he didn't want to bring marijuana over state lines. And then we saw a cop, and I'm like, oh, I better slow down. I got a warrant for my arrest in South Dakota. And he whipped his head so fast. And I got him so good. <laughs> Anyway, we're in the house. He cuts his hand. We look for band-aids. And while we're looking for band-aids, we find three bottle openers. Oh, that's funny. And then we end up making, like, makeshift band-aids for him. <laughs> then we can't figure out the goddamn heater in the house. And it's cold there. Like, it's going to be snowing oh, this yeah, morning. really cold. And, uh, and it was when that blizzard was happening around Denver. <clears throat> and stuff. Mm-hmm. I had to miss my gig that night. Oh, yeah. It was bad. Um, so... We ended up turning on the radiant heat in the bathrooms because that's the only heat we could find. And mm-hmm. there were no vents anywhere. We're like, what is this? Like, it was probably some rich people bullshit, you know? Because mm-hmm. we didn't get too cold at night. And I don't know if it was because there was a way they heated it or if it was the radiant heat from the bathroom. So we're, we're like, looking under the stove. Um, what is it called? Like, the wood stove thing? The fake wood stove in the corner? I don't know what it is. But we were turning the knobs, and he's, like, on the ground, and it was just hilarious because <laughs> at that point, he was one drink in, and I was four drinks in, and I was just like, <laughs> this is awesome, and I was just laughing and laughing because it's like, this is a funny night, like, and it's like, oh, my God, we're going to freeze to death at the same time. <laughs> so then I get the idea, like, let's open, let's uh, turn on the oven and just open the door because we know how to work the oven, and so we did that. <clears throat> And we stayed up till like, 2 o'clock in the morning, and he was telling me road stories and just, like, you know, the drugs he's tried and just, like, I mean, I'm not going to say what they are or what it is, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a great experience. Like, compared to my first road experience by myself, like, this one was awesome. So, it makes me want to keep going. Yeah, good. So I'm thankful. Good if you recall, you know, the Santa Fe gig, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> was that episode 14? Yes. Or was it the last episode? No, last episode was John Quayer. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was the Stoma episode. 
Oh, yeah, gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I feel like I've been dominating this so far, but that's that was my road experience within the time that, you know, we haven't, we've recorded. Yeah. So, and that was it. I mean, I did some stuff in Denver, but nothing that was like that, you know. It was cool, but anyway. So um, you did Denver, and then from there, where did you go, Kurt? Well, I started in Colorado Springs, actually. My first gig was at the Dab Lounge. And oh. that place, holy fuck. Is it douchey? No. I got so. so goddamn high, and I didn't smoke or eat anything. Like, just from being there. Really? Yeah. Like, it was bad. Like, I, because I, I was driving to Denver after the show. I was like, I, am I really tired or am I stoned? And I was like, <laughs> super stoned. And, uh. Yeah, one of my friends that was there that night, too, he, he didn't smoke anything. He was high, just from being there. <laughs> and he was there, like, way less than I was. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man, but, it, I mean, it was a fun show. It was cool. Uh, yes, yeah, so I went to Denver. Uh, closed the show at the Improv on Thursday. Um, that was cool. The crowd was kind of weak. They weren't real, real big laughers or anything. But that was cool. Uh, got to judge a contest there. That's typically an urban room, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, then Friday, I went up to Fort Collins and did the boot. That was great. That was a really cool room. Okay. Did that with Steve McGrew. Who runs that? Uh, David Rodriguez, Kyle Pogue, and... Mallory Wallace? Mal- yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, cool. I got to meet her briefly. She was only there for a few minutes. But that was a great room. That was really cool. Um... I was supposed to do it Saturday also, me and Steve and uh, Ben Adams. But we all decided to stay in Denver because of the snow. And they said there's probably going to be a low turnout anyway, so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then Sunday I did Boulder. They did two shows at the Beer Garden. That was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm sad that I didn't get on that one. Yeah. It was great. It was really cool. Could you put in a, another word for me? Because he seemed to like my stuff when we were there in June. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He's sad. I really am. I would have rather Sorry. done that than that shitty open mic. Yeah, David Borey headline. That guy's so fucking yeah, funny. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's great. And there was there was some people there from the BBC that were filming the first show. They were filming Nathan Lund uh, for some... God, I don't even remember what they're talking about now. It's been a few weeks. They, they like, interviewed a professor at uh, CU who wrote a book about laughter. So it was kind of neat. Cool. I'll have to look more into it so I don't sound like a moron. I'm like, it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was cool. <laughs> and then uh, I got on at the Comedy Works the next next week, the Tuesday, uh, for New Talent Night. <clears throat> and then Wednesday I did the Deer Pile. I was on 420. Sam Talent was the highest I've ever seen anyone <laughs> in my life. <laughs> So he he ate 10 edibles thinking they were 10 milligrams, but they're all 35. Wow. <laughs> he could barely walk. That's crazy. And Billy Wayne Davis stopped in and did a set. Nice. That was cool. It was good to see him. My my buddy Patrick just opened for him in Atlanta last night. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. Got some connections in the southeast. Heck yeah. 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 <laughs> Alright, so... So, yeah, that was, uh, 
Then I did Loomies in Colorado Springs, and that was cool because uh, a buddy of mine, Amaru, like I haven't seen this dude since 2003, and I just happened to see that he had posted on my friend's wall on Facebook about this movie they were filming in Colorado Springs. So I sent him a message and stuff, and we started talking. And he's like, uh, you should come audition for this movie. And I noticed the dates were right when I was going to be at Looney's, so I was able to audition. So that was pretty cool. So I just went to audition for that and hung out and watched some of the other auditions and ended up getting a role in the movie. Hell yeah. And they're going to use one of my jokes also. My uh, Hitler gas bill joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that one. And then the, the week at Looney's was great. Like, the shows are really good. Nice. Yeah. I had a blast. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you something. Yeah. Um, so your next gig, <clears throat> or gigs, were in Oklahoma City? Yeah, I did Oklahoma City, then Little Rock. Okay. So um, before you go into details about that, I just want to ask you, how do you spend your time when you're alone in the car? Like, what are some things? Are you creating material at that point, or what are you doing in the car? No, I'm... Uh... <clears throat> I guess kinda, I kinda, I kinda treat it like an open mic, uh -huh. like where, <laughs> where I'll, I'll I'll go over like the wording of jokes, uh -huh. like because I've been writing writing some longer bits recently, uh -huh. so I've been kind of like working on the wording of those, like right. in the car, and then uh, testing them out on stage, cool. and then uh, I usually don't tell them word for word how I want to <laughs> but you get it yeah yeah but i mean they all did pretty well so i'm pretty happy about that yeah i've been writing longer jokes too i've i finally feel like i'm finding my voice uh-huh and uh I'm, I'm feeling like i'm not like a storyteller comic but it, it's just like jokes with a ton of tags yeah and uh and it showcases more of my personality than my joke writing mm -hmm. like the more like, if I look at the jokes I've written in the last, I don't know, two months, they're not, like, really punchy like the ones I wrote before. They're just very, um, like, just showing my personality, really. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then I use funny words and phrases and things. Oh, yeah. But it's not, like, set up, punch, tag. Like, it's very, um, it is that, but it's just tags and it's just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's weird. It's my thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Saturday Late Show, mm -hmm. Looney's, like... Um, there, like, some of my friends were there that had already seen me perform that week, or even the earlier show, so I decided to do, like, a completely different set for the late show, like, just kind of playing to the back of the room to see what would happen, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it actually went really well. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, I did, like, uh, my, uh, Star Search set, and, like, just a bunch of <laughs> random shit, like... Okay. Yeah, but it went really well, so that was cool. Awesome. So I did almost two completely different 30-minute sets. That's badass, Like, dude. I only repeated probably <laughs> six or seven jokes, maybe. That's really good, because your jokes are, like, ten <laughs> seconds long. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's not even a big deal. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was cool. That would be the equivalent of another comic repeating one bit. You know yeah, uh-huh. So, that's not even that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, all the headliners I worked with on this trip, like, they were great. Like, super cool people, like, really funny. That's and just, nice. You know, uh, had a lot of nice things to say about my writing and stuff like that. And 
they liked working with me and everything. So that was cool. I'm glad that you had a good couple of weeks. Yeah, it was really did you, good. Did you so. struggle in Little Rock as far as the crowds? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there were smaller crowds this week, too, because like, the weather was like, super nice. So I think people are just like, doing stuff outdoors. and like. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, they're, like, I hate to make fun of crowds, but they're they're a little slow there. <laughs> like, uh, out of all the shows that I did that week, like, the the box joke, like, like, I almost dropped it from my set just because of the reaction. Like, just people, like, sitting there staring. Um, can, not to make this really douchey and weird, but can you tell the box joke so that our listeners know? Yeah, I just say, uh, I went out to eat, and the waitress comes up, and she's like, hey, you want a box for your sandwich? So I punched her in the face. And, like, people would just sit there, and, like, you know, then a couple people would get it and then start explaining it to the people at their table, and then they'd start laughing, and then... Did you just wait was, for it, or... Yeah, I just... Okay. <laughs> I did that on a few jokes. You know what's weird, though, is, like, um, I have that joke where I say, I was at an orgy... And there's a guy there that looked just like me. He's my doppelganger. Uh-huh. Like, they got that one, like, at every show. Okay. Which is weird. Because, <laughs> like, a lot of crowds don't get that cousins? one. Just <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Sorry. And they didn't like the joke where I said, you know, the uh, if you go to Arkansas, try to avoid pizza. They have inbred sticks. Mm-hmm. But I didn't tell them about Arkansas. I said about Kentucky. Okay. But they didn't like it. So then I was like, you know. That's so hackneyed and tired, though. That's just like, okay, we've heard that. Then I was like, well, I usually say that joke about Arkansas. (laughs) Okay. Maybe you should have because people like it when you shit on them. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I just dropped that one for the week, so. Yeah, I mean, it's not that strong anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of just a filler joke. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just speculating. No, 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 totally. I'm not saying it's not. No, it's not like one of my best jokes. It's not your A material. Yeah. That's good, though, because yeah. that's not... I mean, that's... Okay, I'm going to uh-huh. stop talking now because I sound like a NASA. <laughs> anyway. But no, so, okay. <clears throat> Our opening act in Little Rock, I worked with that Tim Gaither as the headliner. So we worked with this guy. His name's Charles Michael. And he walks with crutches and, like, has to have, like... Uh, he bought his own uh, ramp to get on stage because he really struggles, like, getting on stage and stuff. So he... When he was 12 years old, he got in a fight, and, like, this this kid punched him and, like, broke a blood vessel, and, like, he was just fucked up. Like, he died for a little while. Like, and it was just, yeah, so he's had, he's been on crutches ever since, and, like, and he was telling us that he, he'd smoked weed a few times, and he, he's drank beer a few times, and it never affected him. Like, so he's never been drunk or high. So, Tim, the headliner's like, all right, we're getting you high this week. <laughs> That's going to happen. So he comes to the condo on Friday night, and Tim brought some shit uh, from California. So he's, like, having him smoke through this apple, and he was high in, like, five minutes. <laughs> he doesn't even have a piece? No. He brought all the weed, but he didn't have a piece. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, all right. Well, he's, not, he's he was flying and stuff, so he didn't want to bring, like, a pipe and shit. Okay. But the weed? He was able to smuggle the weed, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's ways. <clears throat> That's a pretty brilliant way. It's cool. I'll tell you about it later. Oh, you want to hear the way that one comedian that I worked with told me? I'm not going to say the name, but everyone can guess probably. Anyway, what he does is he grounds it up 
And then he puts it in capsules, and he puts it in, like, a pill bottle. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What's your way? I'll tell you later. Okay. It's a secret? Yeah. All right, I feel kind of bad for well, revealing. Oh, no, I already mentioned his name, so I don't want to, you know. Oh. All right. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Okay, so... <laughs> Oh, what we're talking about comedy. <laughs> comedy. And how was the uh, condominium situation? Oh man, Oklahoma City's house. Okay, let's start off. I mean, we've talked about this before, but let's talk about the comedy condo. Okay. Like just as a generic. The one, at, the one at Looney's isn't the best. I mean, I like it, but I there's so much noise. Like just around that area. I know, but I want to explain to them what a comedy condo is. They know. Okay. I'm just kidding. Explain what a comedy condo is. You. No. You have more experience. I don't want to. Okay. All right. A comedy condo is this terrible little place. It's not terrible. Yeah, it is. Not always. Okay. It's terrible for women. Not always. Where? mm, Okay. So it's a terrible little place. It can be an apartment or a house. Where it's a two-bedroom, usually a two-bedroom. And you got the master suite for the headliner, regular bedroom for the feature, and then the MC, which there aren't many road MCs anymore. Mm-hmm. But the, the MC has to sleep on the fucking couch. So that means that if I went on the road as a comic right now, as an MC... It's been so many years since I've seen an MC on a couch. <laughs> okay. Like, seriously. Okay. Anyway, it's just a terrible little place, and a lot of times it's dirty, and they don't have enough dishes, and uh, you just have to think about all the semen on the couches and in the beds and in the sheets. While you're masturbating. <laughs> yes. That's what I do. I'm like, I can blow a way bigger load than whoever was here last week. I like to think about the big names that are there, and I'm like, oh, yeah, their semen is here. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Anyway. Well, no, I, like... This trip for me, like, was great condo-wise. Um, like, Looney's is cool. Like, I like their apartment because there's dishes. There's, like, a sink and everything and a fridge. Like, all that stuff. Because, like, in a hotel, sometimes you won't have that stuff. So you have to, like, you're, you have to eat out every night. And uh, Oklahoma City is probably the nicest condo I've ever been in. It's, like, a huge four-bedroom house. So even the MC gets his own bed bedroom and stuff like that and i think they even get their own bathroom do you get your own bathroom yeah Mm -hmm. so every act gets their own bedroom and bathroom yeah Mm -hmm. and it's a huge house like like uh you could set up like a fucking slip and slide in the living room and have plenty of room if you want to you probably wouldn't get booked back again but (laughs) (laughs) okay that's certainly enough you could do a dry slip and slide you could do a dry slip and slide yeah (laughs) yeah it's great like they've got Pots and pans, like crazy, like they've got everything you need, you know, for the week, and it's great. Um, and you're there, you know, Tuesday through Monday or whatever, Tuesday through Tuesday, even. Um, so that was great. Little Rock's house is nice. Uh, there's a bedroom for all the comics as well, like even the MC. Like I used to go there when I'd MC and I'd have my own room. Um, you do have to share a bathroom with the feature, but. 
it's not a big deal at all. And they have a kitchen and everything. They've got laundry so you can wash your clothes like if you've been on the road for a while. It's pretty nice. It's a nice little neighborhood. Like the people that live around there know that it's the comedy condo, so you know. They know why there's people shuffling in and out of yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, there there's been some fucking terrible ones. Uh you know. Like I remember a night I was in Cheyenne, Wyoming and like I think I was talking to you on the phone. And I was like, uh, I gotta call you back. Someone's trying to get in my room. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it was like probably 1.30 in the morning or some shit. And like, like they had pulled the door open, and the door was so shitty that I saw like outside. <laughs> oh, my God. So I got off the phone with you, and I called the front desk, and I was like, hey, there's someone trying to get in my room. Oh, this is a motel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like, uh, the guy's like, oh, shit, I told him the wrong room number. <laughs> So, like, he just, like, ran outside, and he's like, hey, wrong room number. <laughs> Shit. That must have been scary. It was. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was in Cheyenne, I think that Wyoming. those stories, like, notice when you're talking about how nice the condo, that's kind of fucking boring. <laughs> but when you have a story like that, that makes it, I mean, at the mm. time, it's fucked up and weird, but, like, it just makes mm. for a better story. Yeah, but I would rather have the four-bedroom house. No, I know, but I'm just saying. Because <laughs> I like the story where I'm, like, making my own food and stuff, and yeah. I don't have to worry about people coming and I know, but people me. don't want to hear about that. People don't want to hear about, oh, I had a very yeah, nice they do. time like, in the four-bedroom house, and I made my own food. Like, this is boring, but, like, no, that time like that if I you think about murder. some open micro, though, it's like, I want to do the road, and then they're like, four-bedroom house, that okay. sounds glorious. Hey, open micro. Do me a favor and fucking quit comedy, okay? Yeah, do. All right. And stop saying what else is going on during your set. <laughs> Can you stop that? And that's my time. That's my time. <laughs> and move the goddamn mic stand. There was an open mic contest at the Little Rock Club Wednesday. Uh-huh. And the, the three final comics, like all of them had the mic stand in front of them. Like they didn't move it. And the headliner's like, which one did you like? I was like, you know, if that mic stand's not moved, I don't even listen. (laughs) That just seems, like, really weird. Well, do they take it out and not move it? Yeah. Oh, they Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They take the mic out, and the stand's just sitting there right in the middle, and they're, like, behind it. You know what I noticed? A lot of comics in Denver keep the mic in the stand. Yeah. I usually do that for short sets. Do you think that's what it is? Maybe. That just seems peculiar to me. Yeah. I can't even get used to that idea or that concept. That's because no one here has a fucking mic stand. Well, they got some. Okay, good. Actually, they had one at Back Alley the other night, but they still continue to just hand the mic over like a Uh, baton. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, it's like, use the fucking mic stand. Like, learn how to use it. I mean, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. Well, no, it's not a big deal at an open mic. Though. Yeah, but I mean, I don't like being handed. I don't like that. I just I feel like it's not professional or like. Like no one knows how to MC here. That's why. Like, you fucking put the mic in the stand and set it up for the next comedian. You, you put don't it think at that seems level. petty though? Like, I mean, it's important to learn it, but doesn't it seem kind of petty that we're like, oh my god, you're handing me? Well, it's like embarrassing. Like, what if like one of them happens to get like a gig somewhere, yeah. like at a club or something as an MC, and they're like, here's the microphone, and they just fucking hand it to them. Yeah. No, you know? I know. I know. Well, I've had people, when I've emceed, hand it back to me, and that bothers me. Because yeah. that makes me look stupid, too. Uh-huh. 
um, <clears throat> it's, I guess it's just those little technical things. Oh, when I did the open mic at an undisclosed location, because I don't want anyone to go there. It was like a music open mic. Uh-huh. And music and comedy. And when they brought up the first comic, they just said his name. They just yelled it out, not even in the mic. Uh-huh. And then he just kind of like looked around like, okay, I'm going up. And he does his time. <laughs> he's like, all right, thank you. And then <clears throat> the comment or the host goes up and messes with the, because it's set up for music, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, set, he goes and messes with the monitor a little bit. And he's not even on the stage. And then he's like, Caitlin! And then I was like, that means I go on now? Like he didn't even <laughs> say it in the mic. He was yeah. down below the stage. Uh-huh. I was like, fuck, why can't you just, (laughs) like, people are going to respect you more if you go up there, all right, this next performer is a stand-up comedian, give it up for Caitlin Minton, like, how fucking hard is that? Because when you just say, Caitlin, like, people, like, and then I just go up there cold, and I'm just Uh like, okay, here's my shit. You shouldn't have went up. Well, (laughs) I just, I'll take all the mic time I can get. Yeah. I've realized recently that, um... <laughs> open mic kind of makes me depressed. Mm-hmm. Like afterwards, I just feel so, especially when I'm not treated well or respected. Like I don't feel like I deserve anything extra. But when you treat me less than people that are new, because mm-hmm. I feel like if you've been okay, I've been doing this for six years now, mm-hmm. and I've been active in the scene oh, for yeah. a year and a half now. Like I deserve a decent spot in the lineup. Not the best one, but not the worst one. Right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like people just do it to fuck with me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I honestly, I don't think there's There's any, no system. There's, there's no, no system at all. Like, I don't even think they know what they're doing when they make a lineup. Well, you know also, what I mean? no, I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like different open mics have different reasons <clears throat> for certain things. Oh, really? Because I know that at Bosey Brothers, I've learned, and I thought it was because of my drinking problem, but they put me towards the beginning because I can get the crowd going. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. Okay, like that's fine. But uh-huh. like every fucking week. But they put me fourth last time, so that's fine. Yeah. But they were putting me first and second for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's nice that you like think that, but like I want to feel good about my set sometimes, you mm-hmm. know? What were we talking about before that? Oh, man. Oh, what I was saying is there's no potential for growth in Albuquerque. Because I can work my ass off now for a year and a half. And people aren't giving me feature slots. Uh And I'm the token female on the shows. Like, no one's going to give me a 20-minute slot. And And even if you do get a spot here, you're not getting paid for it. You get a couple PBRs. Right. You know? That's kind of tough to deal with. Because I've been working my ass off for fucking 15 years and getting drink tickets for all I that guess, work. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. I guess I should just shut up because you've had to endure way more bullshit than I have. But I feel like, at least in Denver, like, you work your way up. Like, you do the open mics, you get booked mm-hmm. on bar shows, you get on at the comedy works, and they have a beautiful tier of uh, ways you can advance yes. your mm-hmm. comedy career. Like, here... There's nothing, like, like you go to open mics and then you're seen by other open micers that produce shows. And if you kiss their ass, then you get on their show. Mm-hmm. It has little or no, nothing to do with talent. Yeah. 
it depends on how nice you are, I guess. Or if you inflate their ego that day or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what I think anyway. I don't care. Don't book me. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do, but book me. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you just, there's just no growth happening. Like, yeah, yeah, as yeah. a performer with more stage time, yes. But if they're not giving you a chance to do longer sets or good venues, like with decent crowds, it's just just eating shit perpetually until you die, mm-hmm. if you stay here. Which sucks, because I want Albuquerque to be a thing, but it's like, how do we create a system where it's like, okay, you've been able to... Do 10 minutes and do well. So now you're going to get to do this slot at this showcase. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No clue. There's too many open mics and everyone's giving away their comedy for free. Like, uh, I talked to Nikki Mangin about that. Like, uh, like, nobody has to pay to see anyone do comedy in this town. Right. You know? And it's hard because... You want to be like, listen, I'm not going to do this without pay, but then someone else gets your slot, gets yeah. your stage time, uh-huh. because someone else will always do it. Absolutely. And then what ends up happening is if people that aren't heavy hitters do the shows, then Albuquerque gets a bad reputation for having shitty performers. Yeah. When we're just laying dormant in our houses waiting to get paid. Like, doesn't make sense. Like... I don't, I don't know how to fix that. Mm-hmm. I don't like producing shows. Yeah, it's... Although, uh, I think I want it's to... It's a lot of time. Like, you have to put a lot of time into it. And, like, I don't know. And I, I've never been excited about it. Mm-hmm. I've never just... Like, that's that doesn't drive me. But being on the <clears> stage <throat> and performing, that's weird. Yeah. Like, I like helping out other comics and stuff, so... That's, like, one thing I like about producing shows is, like, getting them stage time and helping them out. Right. But, uh, like, producing my own shows has never helped me out. You know what I mean? Right. I have to say, um, I'm going to take back what I said about the token female thing. Lately, um, local producers have been having more than one female on their shows. Oh, yeah. Which I think is wonderful. That is good. We've got some uh, pretty strong female comics here, too. Not just... And I'm not saying it's not... And it's not marketed as a female show. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll have a show where it's not just the token female. Mm-hmm. It's just two female comics that happen to be on the show because they're awesome. Yeah, uh-huh. Because sometimes I feel like, okay, I'm like... They ask me because some other woman said no, and I'm just the token female on the show. Mm-hmm. Like, I honestly feel like that sometimes. Which I take it. I mean, it's stage time, but yeah. book me because you think I'm funny. You, know, you think I'll do well on your show. I don't know. So I was tra- talking to uh, Brian Ziola. He's a comic out of Houston. Do you recall the um, the whole fiasco where they had the... Um, oh, that festival. With no females. Uh-huh. So this is what he told me. He's like, they could have brought in some women from Austin... But all the female comics in Houston have been doing it for less than six months. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's why it wasn't a misogynistic thing. It was just a talent thing. Okay. 
And, um, but he's like, they should have brought in female comics from Austin. Mm -hmm. Like they could, cause they brought in people from other towns, but it was just a matter of like women really didn't submit to it. Yeah. Uh -huh. And he's, he lives there, so he knows, <clears throat> and he's a feminist, so he wouldn't just say yeah. that. Uh -huh. So then I was like, shit, I'm going to move to Houston and corner the market on getting, <laughs> being the token female on their shows. Yeah, but you then know? you'd have to live in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. I was watching a documentary last night called I Am Road Comic, and uh, they're asking comics uh, where they don't like to perform, and Kyle Kinane said Houston, and he's like, why Houston? He's like, because it's fucking Houston. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, I'll visit. I don't intend to move there, but yeah. that, I mean, what if that could launch my career? Just being like... The token vag in Houston. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think Janine Garofalo started in Houston. Cool. Yeah. So, Brian was also telling me how uh, there are a lot of comics there that are like Bill Hicks ripoffs. Like, they oh, hold yeah. on to the fact that he started there. Uh-huh. And then they, like, they try to harness his energy and shit. And uh, I'm like, weird. oh, God, fucking hacks. I just, I hate... God. Ugh. I hate the politics and culture of comedy scenes. Uh -huh. Or I don't hate it. I kind of hate it and I love it at the same yeah, time yeah, yeah. because it's so interesting. Is my voice getting on your nerves? No. Kurt's like rubbing his eyes in his head like, bitch, shut up. I'm oh, like, my ear's feeling weird. Anyway. Bill Hicks died in Little Rock. Did you know that? On his stage? Parents, huh? Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> that was so weird. Like, he was so popular in Europe. Like, Well, because he talked shit about America. Yeah. <laughs> he would do great now. Oh, yeah. Because he's like an alt comic. Yeah. God, he was so good. It's so weird. Like, when I was younger, like, I didn't like Bill Hicks, but I liked Andrew Dice Clay. And now it's like total opposite. Like, I fucking hate Andrew Dice Clay. He's terrible. Yeah. Well, your your tastes change. Yeah. I remember really enjoying comedy in general when I was younger. Uh -huh. And now, it takes so much. Like, I've said before, <clears throat> like, the silly high animated stand-up doesn't get me anymore. Yeah. It's like the dark stuff and the really good, strong writers. Uh-huh. Just because I think I'm such a snob now. Yeah. Or even, I don't know. When I'm hanging out with comics and it's after the open mic and they're just acting like clowns, still trying to make people laugh. Oh, uh, yeah. That gets on my nerves. Mm -hmm. It's like you just had your mic time mm -hmm. and you bombed, so just shut up. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. <laughs> but I, like, if people meet me, they're always surprised that I'm a comic. I mean, when they initially meet me, mm -hmm. because I come off maybe not necessarily shy, but I'm not a clown. You yeah, know? I'm. I'm always thinking, and I'm collecting data. That's what I'm doing. Uh -huh. You know. Mm -hmm. Like, I probably have a look on my face like, ah, what are they going to say next, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> and I'm not saying that that's, that's what a real comic is. Like, I'm not saying, like, there are comics that they're, they socialize and they're like the life of the party. And mm -hmm. I just don't like that kind of comedian. Because mm -hmm. then it's like, you're just showing how needy you are. Yeah. Like, we're all that needy. But you're just, you just look pathetic doing it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's what that's what I really liked about this last road trip too is like all the comics I worked with like like they're all really funny. They've all been 
doing it for years, like uh, like most like twenty plus years, except for Tim Gaither, he's been doing like seventeen. And they're just like like really professional, like like really funny. Like I watched them all every night, like you know. And then uh, yeah, like they like none of them were like, oh look at me, I'm a comedian. Like afterwards and stuff, right. they just kind of hung out, sold their stuff, and went back to the condo. You know. Anymore, I don't like telling people that you're a comic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because. And it's not that I'm ashamed or like anything, or it, I want, I'm proud of it. No, but, no, I am too. But just but they have expectations. Fucking, yeah, that's the problem. When yeah. you say like, something like, like that, like if you, yeah, they assume that you're funny like all the time. Right. Like you're just a fucking. Clown. And I like, tell people, I'm like, I'm not funny. I write funny. Mm-hmm. Like that's I can be funny. I can be yeah, clever and. Yeah, yeah. You know, off the cuff at a party or uh-huh. whatever, but I doubt anyone's like, "Wow, she's the funniest person I've ever met." Unless uh-huh. you know what I mean. I'm just not that personality, and it's rare that that personality will match with a comedian's personality. Because uh-huh. being a comedian is a lot more calculated than just being a clown at a party. Yeah, but sometimes it's beautiful <coughs> when those two sync up because. Those can make really funny comments. When they're mm-hmm. just a naturally funny person, people want to be around you and they just love that. Yeah. I mean, maybe part of me is jealous that someone can be funny all the time. Could you imagine being on all the time? Like how cool that would be? If you were just funny all the time. Maybe. Like if you're funny right now. <laughs> you're not funny right now. Mm-mm. But imagine if you were. Probably be a more interesting podcast. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> I, th- I think. No, I you like, are funny. I like. I like to be funny, like once, once in a while. But oh. I like. I like. I like to like. I like it to be really funny. Yes. You know? You're one of those. You're like. Um, you're one of those like grandfather types that are just silent and silent and silent, and what you do say matters. Mm-hmm. That's, That's how I was in school too. Like. Like, I could have been a class clown if I wanted to. Right. But I I, I waited until I had something, like, super funny to say. It goes back to the element of surprise and misdirection, and yeah. that's what comedy is all about. Uh-huh. So when you... Yeah, because, make... like, if you're a class clown and you're, like, just fucking joking, like, all the time, uh-huh. like, not all of those are going to hit. Uh-huh. You know what Exactly. I mean? But, like, if you just kind of wait and do it, like, once every two weeks... Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I then didn't realize forget. how brilliant I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and neither did the females. <laughs> oh, they did it. No, they didn't. Aww. <laughs> the other night on stage, I was like, I don't know. I went down one of those like self-deprecating holes, you know, that mm-hmm. I do. And I'm like, I said something about, I fucked a lot of jocks in high school. And then I was like, just kidding, I didn't fuck anyone in high school. <laughs> I don't know why I do that. I don't know why I said that, sorry. We got to see Dave Ross, finally. Cool. That was cool. He's funny and nice and smart. He is. like, That's so funny, because I've been offered gigs with him like three times in Albuquerque. <laughs> and like every time I've been out of town. And then I saw he was coming through Albuquerque again, but I was out of town. <laughs> but I saw his tour poster and said he was going to be in Oklahoma City. And it was like one of my nights off, and I was going to be there anyway, so I was like, fuck it, I'll go to the show. Cool. Check it out. And met him afterwards and stuff, and he's super cool. Awesome. 
and he knew who I was, and like just from the comics, telling him, telling him about me, like Jason Green and stuff. Cool. That's, that's pretty nice. cool. Yeah. But yeah, he was great. I, I love his stuff. That's so funny. Like he just, even him standing there and just smiling and looking around the room just uh-huh. makes me laugh. Yeah. Like he makes it very personal with each. I liked his story crowd. about buying Mein Kampf. <laughs> It was perfect because Angora <laughs> had done her Mind Pump joke, so he was using it as a callback. Nice. It was beautiful. I love that. That's great. And that's why I think it's important to watch other performers when you're on a show. Oh, yeah, Because yeah. you can come up with really great shit, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And then you're kind of mm-hmm. just giving kudos to that other comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had uh, Tim Gaither... His closing joke that he did was kind of similar to one of my jokes, so I told him I wouldn't do that joke this week. You know, just oh, to... that's cool. Yeah. Oh, so I have to tell you something funny. I went to Turtle Mountain on Saturday night, mm-hmm. and uh, Matt Peterson was headlining. <laughs> and so we were at Turtle Mountain, and there was a giant inflatable turtle, and you know his closer. Oh, yeah. Right? So he goes to ask, and he's like, so he asked this guy, he's like, what do your orgasm sound sound like? And he's like, like a turtle. And then <laughs> Matt was like, you ruined my closer. And I fucking loved Matt's set on Saturday night because you can just tell he's kind of like spiraling. Uh-huh. Like it's just like that kind of like, you know, post breakup. Like, you know, uh-huh. when he just gets mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Oh, my God. I, oh, I wish I he loved could do that it. every time. I know. It was, it was so Because one good. of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life is when he was pissed off performing at Howie's one night. And he, like, just fucking nonstop rant. It was so That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, standing ovation. Don't you, like, I wish I could <laughs> bottle that. Like, yeah. as a, per, personally, too, because I feel like when I'm sad or angry or whatever, it's hilarious. Uh-huh. It's like, how do you reproduce that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, oh, he, he killed it. Like, I, I loved his set. Everyone killed it that night. It was a wonderful show. Cool. It was, yeah, it was really cool. But yeah, I think that the guy just, since Turtle Mountain, Big Inflatable Turtle, it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was probably like, oh, God, what do I say that's kind of clever or something? Uh-huh. And then Matt was like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny if he's like really specific he's like Galapagos Island or... <laughs> right <laughs> right oh I'm on next month at the uh, turtle show yeah cool yeah. what's the date the 4th I believe cool. I guess we can plug our I think shows Holly's on now. that too yeah I think so um let me plug my other shows really <clears> quick <throat> so that my fans know where to come see me I'm gonna have to look at All right. So, on May 17th, I will be at the Box Performance Space downtown. Um, it's going to be this charity show for this for dogs, and it's called Camp Bow Wow. That's adorable. And uh, there are going to be like five or six other comics, and it's for dogs. I don't know. I should know more about the charity, but... I was like, yes, like stage time. <laughs> so Tuesday night, May 17th, May 19th, I'll be at Tractor Brewing Company um, defending my title for the third Thursday contest. May 20th, I'll be at Firkin Brewery. Um, 
that I don't know anything about that gig. That's a new brewery too. Yeah, so seems cool. They're already promoting it, which I'm pleased with. Um, June 2nd, I'm going to be at Imbibe doing the showcase. And I don't know if they're going to be doing that on the patio or in the thing because they've been kind of mm-hmm. alternating. But, I mean, you can figure out once you get there. Um, June 4th, Turtle Mountain. And then June 10th or 11th, this one I'm very excited about. Okay. So Joe Quesada approached me and he asked me if I would like to do um, his Kings and Queens show, which is where you pair up with a drag queen and you you teach them how to do stand-up and you help them write jokes and stuff. And they help you develop a drag act. And I get to dress (laughs) like a man. Nice. And I don't know if you recall, like when I was a kid, I had the touch of gender dysphoria. Like where um, I wanted to be a boy so my dad would notice me. And mm-hmm. my name was Carl. I've told you this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm like, is this new for you? <laughs> okay. So um, I'm going to be Carl. Like I'm going to be a dude. And I'm really excited about it. My nightmares are going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. And the night that I found out my ex-boyfriend was at that show, and I was like, I'm so excited. Don't you think I'll be a hot dude? And he just got totally weird. So <laughs> that's cool. But he did mention, he's like, he's like, I'm curious to see what you'll look like. Uh-huh. But I think I'll just look like a very butch lesbian. Because, like, what am I going to do with my tits? You know what I mean? Yeah. Really. Like, I'll just look like, you know, not that it's a bad thing to look that way, but I don't think I'll look like a man. I don't think, like, I would love to look so much like a man that they don't know that I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, how Joe looked so, and Joe and Rusty and Will looked so much like women. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how they'll be able to do that with the... I mean, maybe they could tape it a certain way where it looks like pecs. Yeah. I don't know. Or I could wear a big jacket. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm really excited for that one, though. Nice. I'm not sure if it's the 10th or 11th yet. It was kind of tentative when he booked me for it, so... But I've got a busy, you know, late spring. That's in, great. In, here in town, so... Um, I'm trying to fill that last week of May, so if anyone wants to get me a gig... And if I don't feel it, I might end up just, like, going off to, like, Phoenix or something. Do you want to do Dancing in the Dark May 30th? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Sorry. Because I work on Tuesday, and it's Uh, not my favorite venue. Yeah, it's a pretty late show. Okay. Can I plug my stuff? Thank you, though. Yeah. All right, uh, tonight, Santa Fe, High Note, headlining. Um, May 20th, Paris, Texas, with Sam Damaris. Uh, May 22nd, Albuquerque, Dirty Bourbon. It's like a charity show. Not sure what charity it is. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> I know. I'm like, <laughs> uh, it's for dogs, and uh, yeah. Uh, May 25th, I'll be in Taos at Mesa Brewing with Eddie Stevens and Matt Peterson. Uh, May 29th, I'll be at Bosey Brothers in Albuquerque with Brandy Posey. She's from L.A. Uh, May 30th, Dancing in the Dark at Burt's. Uh, June 1st through 7th, I'll be filming a movie in Colorado Springs. Mm, it's called Cloud Games. Check it out. June 8th, I'll be at End of the Mountain Gods. June 9th, I'll be at the stage in Bernalillo. And June 11th at Engine House Theater in Madrid. Cool. Yeah. 
Also, June 22nd, Denver Improv, Ron Jeremy XL Comedy Tour. Nice. That'll be cool. Ron Jeremy hosts the show. And Are you going to open for him? <laughs> no, he's going to open for me, actually. Really? He's the host of the show. So he goes on, tells some stories, and then I come up. Then Rebecca Cochin goes on, then Dante goes on. That's awesome. It's going to be a good show. <laughs> That's going to be cool. Yeah, I'd be worried if you were opening for him. Yeah, I would too. Ouch. That's so stupid. Ouch. All right, well, so let's yeah, that's our plug-in. Uh, yeah. <coughs> um, of course, I'll be hitting some of the mics around town. If you want to come see me come close to wanting to kill myself. Just kidding. Well, I got a new belt. Bet? Belt. Belt. Yeah. Very nice. Speaking of killing yourself. Ah, okay. I was like, that is an interesting segue. <laughs> no, I'm not going to kill myself. Good. I just talk about it a lot. Yeah. And I talk about it on stage a lot. There was this kid doing stand-up, and he does the self-deprecating thing, and I wanted to be like, hey, suicide's my thing, so if you could just lay off of that, that'd be great. <laughs> but I didn't. Oh, I have to tell you my story, though. So, this week, I'm not going to go into detail, but I got rejected by a 21-year-old guy. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he said some really fucking shitty things to me. He said, you know, I'm like a 21-year-old guy, and you're like an older woman, like a 28-year-old woman. And I just got really excited, and uh, I just wanted to, you know, help you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you could see Kurt Fletcher's face right now. <laughs> so that's how my self-esteem is going. Okay? Jesus. And, uh, yeah, and he's an open micer. So I broke, like, two of my rules this week. I don't mm-hmm. date guys younger than 30, and I don't date comics, which he's not a comic. Yeah, he's an open micer. Anyway, I'm just saying that because I'm hurt. <laughs> he's actually kind of funny, a little bit. Anyway, um, so on Monday, I go for a hike, and I'm, I'm on the Embudo Trail, and I'm on the top of the foothill there. And I see this old man, and um, he's he had walked up, and then he was going to start making his way down. And, you know, old people, they always have to say shit. And I like to listen to audiobooks when I hike. Mm-hmm. So I had to pause it, and, you know, it was, like, in a really good part, too. So I, I paused it, and he said something about the trail, and I'm just like, yeah, okay, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we got to talking, and I'm super friendly, you know. Like, and I'm talking, and I get along really well with older people. This mm-hmm. guy was probably about 70, and his name was Charles, and he was from Sarasota, Florida, and he was telling me about his ankle surgery, and it was just Jesus really Christ. cool. Jesus Christ, was that a date? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's like, um, I was walking down towards the parking lot, so he's like, oh, let's walk together, because I'm heading back to my car now. And I'm like, okay. And we're just talking, and like... It never crossed my mind that he was remotely attracted to me or it was, like, that at all. And then he goes to ask me, he's like, are you married? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm divorced. Which, you don't fucking say that when someone asks you if Uh you're married. (laughs) So then, (laughs) he's like, I'm divorced, too. Um, I've been divorced for 25 years. He's like, are you used to it yet? I'm like, kind of, I guess, you know. So then the conversation turns a little more intimate. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, so good. And he's like, this short little old man. So I, I'm not exaggerating when I say 70. He's like, do you want to go to dinner with me tonight? And in my head, I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. 
And then I actually was going to the open mic that night. So I was like, I'm sure, I'm sorry, I'm going to a show tonight. And then it was fine. But I was like, I was like, that must be how that 21-year-old felt turning down <laughs> me. <laughs> but that was the first time I'd ever felt old, you know? Uh-huh. I just felt really fucking shitty. And I know he's just a dumb kid. And he was, like, insecure. And he probably didn't know what to say. Yeah. And as soon as he said it, he was like, I'm sorry. And he, he didn't really... He wasn't be, trying to be mean. Uh-huh. But, oh, God. I was so embarrassed. And then I was super drunk, too, and I ended up laughing, doing the crazy laugh crying that I do, because mm-hmm. I was just like, this is the trajectory of my life, and, like, it just everything came crashing down <laughs> in that moment, and, yeah, so I get to see him around town doing open mics, so that's good. Cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's good. Mm-hmm. So that's a role I need to stick to. I talked about that a little bit on I Am Road Comic. Just yeah. Okay. I need to actually stick to that. Mm-hmm. Comedians are just really good lovers, though, because mm-hmm. I think it's because they're self-aware and conscientious, mm-hmm. but they're also very self-centered and narcissistic. So it's like, like it's good, but it's not good at the mm-hmm. same time. Like sometimes I think I need to only date comics because they get me. Then it's like, how important is that if they make me feel? But like not like a loudmouth comic. Because you know they won't shut their mouth long enough to go down on you. <laughs> it's like, just shut up for, you know, a couple minutes. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. We talk about this, like, on almost every single episode. Yeah. But it's relevant. Because is, we're yeah. comics that we're married to each yeah, other. Uh-huh. So it's ultimately what the podcast is about. Yeah. You know? So. Um, yeah. But I'm not interested in dating comics at the moment, but I'm sure I'll fall prey to one again yeah. soon. So, Not local, though. Maybe that could be the role. Like, road comics and then comics that aren't within your own scene. Mm-hmm. But no relationships. Because, like, you know where it's going to go. Yeah. And you always know that they're not going to fully support you because they're working on their thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Um, right, we already plugged our stuff and our butts. Um, uh, thank you for listening and welcome back home, Kurt Fletcher. Thanks. <laughs> it's pretty nice to be home. I miss my bed and I miss my dog mm-hmm. and my family and my friends. Tell us here. This is the first. No, it's not, huh? No. no this is no. one of his. He He's on the podcast, but he's real quiet. He's better than the cat. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's probably shitting in there right now. He might be. <laughs> no, he woke up pretty early to shit today. Mm. Okay. Um, bye. Oh, follow us on Twitter. Okay. Do you post stuff on there? Oh, I post this. Oh, okay. But I don't post anything else Let's on there. Let's create content. Yeah, we Let's should. Let's talk about this after. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. We are never, ever getting back together like ever podcast. Bye. Bye. Like ever.